Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to another edition of DIY Money. DIY Money. Oh, I don't know, Daniel. What else is going on in your world? Nothing. Okay, let's move on. We got Trey. Trey with a question today. What do you got, Trey? DIY. Hello, DIY guys. My name is Trey. I am from Mississippi, and I recently just graduated from college and moved to Northwest Arkansas. I am looking to buy a house. My question is, if I go get a mortgage, how much of the interest can I deduct from my taxable income dollar for dollar? And if I choose not to put 20% down, can I deduct the private mortgage insurance from my taxable income? I am currently looking at paying about $21,000 in taxes for the 2022 year. Okay. Trey, admittedly, I have no idea. I uh, always uh, revert to my accountant and uh, get his insight, or Daniel. That's why we have a great relationship. So, Daniel, are you you up on all this goodness here? Yeah, well, private mortgage insurance deduction has uh, changed a lot over the years. It's come and gone. Uh, the last time it was extended was a couple years ago. It was extended through 2021, uh, which means that, uh, if memory serves me correctly, if you were filing your taxes just recently and you paid PMI, private mortgage insurance, in 2021, you should have been able to take that deduction. Uh, however, if you are currently uh, paying private mortgage insurance in 2022, unless something has changed in the last couple months, or unless they change it throughout the year, it will not be tax deductible in 2022. I'm not sure what their impetus would be to continue that, uh, aside from handing out kind of a tax break. It is lumped into uh, one of the the previous legislations. Um, oh, it wasn't the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, I don't think. It was one of the other kind of recent big legislations that had a lot of sunset provisions. It might have been the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act. And they extend those kind of in baskets. So it's not like they pick out and slice, oh, we're going to extend this one and not that one. But really, they just take a basket of some of these things and go, okay, we're going to extend them out a couple of years. I'm hesitant to assume that they're going to do anything that stimulates the housing market um, right now as far as legislation goes. So I wouldn't hold my breath on PMI being tax deductible going forward. That said, if I miss that news update, that they've already done that, uh, that could be the case. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think that would make bigger headlines. Uh, so I wouldn't assume that PMI is tax deductible. Now, you were talking about... Uh, and also, if PMI is tax deductible, you said you were paying $21,000 $21, in taxes. Which just rough calculations would put you above the AGI, the Adjusted Gross Income Threshold, for the PMI tax deduction unless you're including state income tax in that. So if that's your federal income tax that you're uh, subject to, that means that you're probably making over the amount uh, that you'd be able to deduct PMI, just FYI. So look into all of that with your uh, tax preparation software or your accountant or whatever, uh, and make sure. Uh, but I, long story short, I don't think you or anyone can probably deduct PMI now. Now, mortgage interest, you may be able to deduct if you have enough deductions. If you can go uh, above the standard deduction uh, in 2022, 
um, with other things like your state income tax, property tax, etc. Those are capped at 10000 So if you have enough itemized deductions, then you'll deduct uh, interest. However, uh, in general, remember that anytime you're taking a tax deduction, you are spending money to deduct and get back part of it. So if you pay $100 in mortgage interest and you're in the 24% tax bracket, uh, you're reducing your taxes by $24. So you're spending $100 to get $24 back. So tax deductions are not the end-all be-all. Now, something like adding money into your IRA, you are saving money, a a a tax deduction. You're getting a tax deduction for putting money into an account. You are saving money, that $100, and then reducing your taxes by that same $24. That's a net-net good. Uh, but sometimes people get really caught up in like outflowing money out of their accounts for the purpose of spending less in taxes. And that's not always the best idea. Obviously, housing is kind of a – there's many moving parts to housing. It what brings, say you? Up, brings up a good – well, again, I, I say nothing, but it does bring up a good point that I've noticed a lot of people still are under the impression that everybody gets to deduct their mortgage interest. Everybody gets to deduct charitable donations – uh, and that's just not the case uh, because the standard deduction was moved to such a high level that if you don't have uh, deductions over and above what twenty four thousand uh, dollars for married couple for married uh, married couples in twenty twenty two is going to be twenty five nine and for singles we Trey didn't say but I'm assuming he's single would be twelve thousand uh, nine fifty so just say thirteen thousand thirteen thousand so if you have not had you know mortgage interest charitable deductions above those levels you're not able to deduct them and i just it's interesting to me i i run into people all the time and i look at their tax folder you, you know what i mean some they put everything together in a folder they give it over to their account and their account prepares their taxes gives them back their return plus their folder back right so i look at that and one of the things that i always see in there is a big clump of charitable deductions and a big, you know, the statement on on mortgage interest. And I look at their 1040 and I go, you realize you're not getting any of the deduction here. And they go, what are you talking about? You know, that those are all tax deductible donations to our church or to our 501c3 or the mortgage interest. I go, yeah, but it's not over and above your standard deduction. So why not, you know, and again, now these are typically older people, so we say, why not look at giving your required minimum distribution or setting yourself up for the future to do that or whatever it may be, or donor advised fund to not pay tax on on stock gains or so forth. So um, I think that this is a great subject matter where, as I'm sure, Trey, you probably have to go back a few times and make some notes on what Daniel just kind of quickly rattled off. But these are the areas where I think it's very important to talk to an advisor. Um, Everybody kind of has this guttural idea of, oh, well, that's a deduction, or I should pay that, or I should do that. And the reality is when you maybe just have a second opinion, uh, it, it might shed some light on something that is helpful. And I see that all the time. We see that all the time in our business. So I think, Trey, at this at this stage, hopefully you have your, your answer. I think it was pretty clear, and, and Daniel did a fantastic job. Now, he is such a good boy. Oh, he's a good boy. Who's a good boy? Yes, he is such a boy. Um, but those of you out there listening, as, as you go down this, this path, especially as you earn money and you know, you're buying homes and 
you have stock accounts and you know investments and so forth. It, it, I think it's just critical. If if nothing else, you you engage a CPA, engage a CFP, whatever it may be, and and ask these questions and have actual you know dialogue about them rather than kind of guessing. And I'm not saying you're guessing Trey at all or any of you out there are guessing, but. I, we see a lot of guessing <laughs> all all day long. So, anyways, great question. Uh, you know, pretty simplistic approach. What what about uh, real quick? What about uh, taxes? And he's totally unrelated to this uh, his question, but over and above house sale. So now you have a limit, right? You can't deduct or you you know you you pay taxes on a personal residence over and above a two hundred fifty thousand dollar gain. Right. Some people are seeing I I ran into somebody not too long ago. They sold a property and they were under the assumption personal property that they paid no taxes on this gain, except they made like four hundred thousand dollars in the sale. And they're going to be liable for taxes over and above the two fifty. What say you on that? Or is that just you saying, yeah, well, we're waiting. Yeah, I mean, two fifty of single, five hundred if married filing jointly, uh, is the capital gains threshold on houses. But with the way houses have moved, it's possible that a lot more people are seeing that than they used to, and they're not used to. It. Especially if uh, uh, you know, mom and dad have lived in the house forever um, yeah. and are getting ready to retire, downsize, etc. That that is a distinct possibility. Again, though, it that's not something that should massively. Uh, affect the decision unless that's a huge, huge tax bill that you're not ready for. If you're getting those gains, um, you're also getting... Yeah. (laughs) If you you have gains that you're being taxed on on a house sale, you probably also then have cash coming out of that house sale. um, And that should be part of your comprehensive financial plan that you're looking at. So you're downsizing or you're moving laterally or whatever it is. You have a bunch of gains... Understand that you probably can't roll over all of that then because you're going to owe some taxes uh, into the next house. This would probably really affect people in places where property has shot up very significantly. Um, so places you know, like the Floridas, the Californias, uh, it would probably be less likely in some of these middle states where, yes, prices have gone up significantly. But the nominal value that they're going to have, you know, the dollar amount value that they're going to have in gains is still going to be under that threshold um, in most cases, I would think. Great. All right. It was an excellent question. Thank you, Trey. We'll send you a $25 Amazon gift card. And remember, friends, the secret to wealth is pretty darn simple. Live on less than you make. Invest the rest. Do so for a very long time. Make it a great one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.